Take three. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast where we get really shook before <laughs> recording and record two things the wrong way, and uh, take three is one we needed. So I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Grumlick. And, and this is actually a podcast where we explore um, where we ex- how we don't know how to various doctrines of the Christian faith. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we do here. Well, um, we're going to talk about doctrine. We're yeah. getting into that. But before we get into that, Rob, I just want you to... Take a breath. I'm going to need to. Just relax a little. I'm sure it's been a stressful day at the office. Um, listeners will have sympathy for you. I don't know what, Thanks what you everybody. did today, but hey, it's all right, man. You good? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, welcome back to Simple Theology. Um, if you're new, we are just getting going in a new series about Christ and who Christ is. So last episode, we talked about Christ as the, the first and last Adam. This week we're going to talk about Christ. Um, no, the second and last. He's not the first. The first one was second, kind of a correct. failure. Yeah. What? Was he? Yeah, he was. Okay. Count sovereignty? Uh, <laughs> yes. Superlapsarianism? <laughs> <laughs> no, so you're correct. The second and the, the final, the last Adam. This week we're going to talk about um, Christ, a prophet. Next week our priest, I think, and then our king. And then judge. And then our, the judge. So, yep. little mini series happening here at Simple Theology. Appreciate you tuning in. Tuning in. But before we dig into all that, I want to ask Rob a question. I'm here uh, looking at the old Twitter, Rob Kane, which, which I love. Robert's Twitter handle. I am Robert Kane. Um, like the just, two letters, I am not I A M. I. It's like I'm the letter I, the letter M. You know, Robert you know who Kane. I got that from? Um, well, Jesus said I am. No, I, I didn't put I so, am primarily because of that. Oh, really? I felt like that'd be a little too weird. Well, it's pretty much what everyone's going to read it as the same thing. Well, it's I'm. I'm. It's a conjunction. I'm, and that's what God your, said. What's your function? He said, tell them I'm sent you. <laughs> uh, no, I got it from Luke Miller. Oh, Luke. Yeah. I am Luke yep. Miller. I was like, that's so so clever, because I had to do a little underscore thing on my name, which... Rob, tell, tell the listeners just a peek behind the curtain about your email situation. You got a little bitterness. What's my email situation? Well, you oh, just, yeah. You're frustrated my, uh, that you can never get, like, dude, Robert yes, Kane at is, Gmail. Yeah. I can't get robertkane at gmail.com. I can't get rkane at gmail.com. I can't get robkane at gmail.com. Have you tried Bobby? No, and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Some brilliant guys out there named Bobby, guys I respect, but I am not, I don't go by Bobby. I mean, some some family call me Bobby, and some, actually hey, yo, Bobby. A, couple, a couple coworkers as a joke have been calling me Bobby, which I'm yeah. fine with. Like I, that doesn't bother me at all. And those ones you told but me I'm not going to change you my peed name. Peed on their car, same guys. What? Remember last week you said you peed on coworkers' cars. <laughs> Shut up. It's the same guys. I never. I literally never <laughs> said that. Uh, you showed me that video. <laughs> who would take a video of that? You did. A guy who's so no. vain. His Twitter handle is I am Robert nope, Kane. No, it's I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. can't get Robert Kane. Yeah. Can't get Rob Kane. Can't it's get tough, R man. Kane. I gotta go R Andrew. Da, 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 da. It's Randrew Kane. Yeah, that's it. Randrew Kane at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saying that, but <laughs> what? It's not like we have enough listeners to where that matters. Like, <laughs> their options were like what AOL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I just I thought I saw Rob's Twitter handle. I thought, hey, that's interesting. Point that out. I almost I did the R Andrew Kane for my Twitter and then I was like nah, no R Andrew yeah there's a guy who can pull that off though first initial middle name last name first initial middle name last name mm-hmm. yeah 
whose w- Twitter is W Richard Gromlich. No, that's not it. Mm. Gromlich is such a unique name. You could go on any one, and you get you have what you yeah. have. Yeah, William Gromlich or W Gromlich at Gmail. I have William Gromlich at Gmail. I have Rick Gromlich at Gmail. Man, Send me the dog. emails. But the guy I was talking about who can do that is oh Luke Miller. Nope. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Come on. Do I know him? Yeah. Is he a personal friend? He's a personal friend. We hang out quite often, and he gives me counsel anytime I ask for it. Like, he responds, like, within the hour. Oh, dang. Mark. We play cards together. We play cards together? What's yeah, that time we play cards? It's our Albert Muller. Not ringing a bell. <laughs> Not ringing a bell. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, we don't play cards together. I like to consider oh, a personal friend because I've been in this house you, one you're time. You're drinking, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So um, enough with Robert. Let's get off of the whole Robert and his little pious Twitter handle account. Stop okay? it! Stop Let's it! Let's get talking about the real I am Jesus and his office. Not I'm. I. That's, that's I the real am. I am. So um, anyway, back into the topic. Yes. So we are talking about Jesus as our prophet, mm-hmm. and we're pulling most of this information from a resource that we highly recommend. It's called the Lexham Survey of Theology. Uh, there's some really good stuff that's, in there, so we is, will... That's a mouthful. Mm, it is, but can, we will Can you we'll tell me what it. a Lexum is? I, I literally cannot. I'm going to look it up. I'm unable to. I probably am able to if I have the information in front of me, um, but due to my lack of cognitive ability when it comes to that, I am not able to tell you what Lexum is. So, we're looking at Jesus as prophet. Rick's looking this up right now, but while he's doing that, I'm going to go ahead and read the definition and then read the opening paragraph to this. It says, Prophet is one of the three offices of Christ, munis triplex, prophet, priest, and king. Christ as prophet designates him as a greater Moses, a spirit-anointed deliverer, covenant mediator, and holy spokesman for the Lord. Those last three things are really good. A spirit-anointed deliverer, Mm. a covenant mediator, and holy spokesman for the Lord. Rick, did you find out what Lexum is? Uh, it's still in the process. Um, right now I have um, a parish consisting of two town villages of East Lexham and West okay. Lexham. guessing that's not going to be it. In Norfolk. Okay. Swalmham. Well, swing and a miss. King's Lynn. Anyway, that opening paragraph says, Many theologians throughout church history have associated Christ's prophetic office with his teaching role. In the Reformation era, this connection was especially important because it helped the church <coughs> reclaim the preeminence of God's word. However, a closer look at Scripture identifies Christ as a prophet like Moses, a role that includes more than teaching. So Jesus, being the greater prophet, a prophet like Moses, being the greater prophet, um, is considered our prophet and um, one of the things that they're talking about there is that in, during the Reformation era, when the Protestant Church broke away, protested from the uh, Roman Catholic Church, the primary reason was because they did not see many of the, the practices, many of the traditions that the Roman Catholics were advocating for in Scripture. And so God's word, his prophetic word, became the focal point of the Reformation. Rick, what are you looking at? What do you got? Bro, well, first of all, um, listeners should know that the Lexham Bible was published by Logos Software in 2012. It is solely oh, electronic yeah. and available free as part of the Logos Software. 
Um, so hey, you can download some Logos software free. They can. I don't know if this comes with a free package, but I you can't go know. out and buy it. But it's um, it's a yeah. I mean, it's mixing several things. I don't. So it must be the people who put it together or some dead theologian's name. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Where don't are we know. at? I, I checked out for a good bit there. Yeah, thanks for that, Rick. Thanks yeah. for being present. Thanks for being part of the conversation. But we are, I just Doing gave... Doing a little research. Yeah, I just did that first paragraph talking about what it was, and mm. then I did the opening paragraph talking about how during the Reformation era, yeah, the, the word of God, the prophetic word of God yeah. became central. And that was mm. one of the main points of the of the Reformation. But mm-hmm. let's move on. We've well, covered part that. of that was just because the the Catholic Church was making the same claim. They were saying that the Pope was more or less a divine prophet who could speak mm-hmm. for the Lord, which was obviously heresy. Yep. Um, obviously. Obviously, Patrick. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> That's but, modalism, Patrick. But, um, you have time? Go to YouTube and look up um, Lutheran satire. Having said all that. Talking about, by definition, a prophet was someone who who spoke for the Lord, um, who who gives word for someone else. In the Old Testament, we see this a lot, and they would say, you know, thus says the Lord, and they're speaking on on His behalf, and that's why it's important that we understand that when Christ was speaking, He was speaking as God on the behalf of God the Father and the Holy Spirit to the people. He fills that the requirement there for prophet. Yeah, and, and I mean Jesus came not proclaiming his own words, mm-hmm. but he came proclaiming God's words. Not only did he reference the Old Testament a lot, um, but he he said he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. But he also came as God in the flesh. So everything that he says is still mm-hmm. God's word. But then even more so, Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2, talk about how that he is the full and final mm-hmm. revelation of God's word. I'm going to read Hebrews yeah. 1, verses 1 through 2 now. It says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Yeah. So you could reference that back to John 1. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then move on down to verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So this mm, this God French. who ha- was the Word and is the Word then became flesh and dwelt among us as God in the flesh, Jesus. And he, then Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, which we just read, talks about how God's Word came to its full and final revelation in the God-man, Jesus. Well, and we also see that in Deuteronomy 18, where Moses foretells the coming of a prophet like himself. Um, and there were many prophets between Moses' time and Christ's time, um, but not until Christ came did God fulfill the promise that, that there would be the one and the final prophet to come. Yeah, so one of the things that we can pull from this is that um, we need to, as a people, we, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead, heart hands here, but when it comes to how we live Just our jump, lives. jump, baby. Jump, baby. Um, take a leap of faith. <laughs> Step out. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the way that we live our lives, we base, as Christians, we base everything that we do, the foundation for our beliefs on the living word of God. Yeah. And we do that because we were created by God for God. And when we realize, when we see what his word says, we realize we can trust it because we base everything that we do off of a revealed revelation. 
God self-revealing himself to his creation. And so we do not trust in a somebody who says they are getting a a word from God, and they can now thus saith the Lord. It's not right. to say that all those gifts have necessarily stopped. We've talked about continuationism and cessationism, um, but we have a little bit of qualifiers, and you can go back, go to our website, simplefeology.org, and, and type continuationism in or cessationism. And if you're not sure how to spell that, then good luck. Um, <laughs> you are lost. And yeah, I'm not going to try and spell it right now because I'm going to end up messing it up. Well, um, wait, which one? Either one. We don't have to do They both it. start with a C. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just Google it. Like, you'll find it out. But, like, for instance, Mormons, mm-hmm. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they believe mm-hmm. in modern-day living prophets who speak directly for God. And um, we would reject that primarily because of what Hebrews 1 verses 1 through 2 says. But they view whatever that prophet says, the living prophet, as equal to god's word because they believe that it is god's word so who's calling me probably someone saying dinner's ready for the baby probably yeah yeah go ahead and answer that on the phone rob yeah i'm, I'm probably not it's bell all right so anyway he wants to facetime we're not doing um, that <laughs> facetime come on so so one guy? thing to think about though like, as people like there are different factions who say oh we're speaking for god the mormons say that yeah. you know obviously people from other religions like mormonism um jehovah's witness uh Islam, right? So, but even with our somewhat of the evangelical tent, I mean, there's a book called Jesus Calling, which is yeah, super, yeah, yeah. super, like everyone's got copies of this, just on their kitchen table, on their nightstand, whatever. And it's written by um, a gal named Sarah Young, and it's pretty like she believes she hears from the Lord and says, like, "Thus saith the Lord." For people, really, yeah, like she's a prophet. Like I, I've heard that she, like her, the whole thing is like you have to be quiet and hear and listen for Jesus calling, which is kind of, I mean, not kind of like it, it is a really strange position because as those who elevate the word of God, mm-hmm. we elevate that, we hold that up, and we say Jesus has called. Yeah, it's he, clear. Like, well, and, and and that's to your point. Like, you know, people say, well, "What's God's will for my life? What's What's God's will for my life? How do I know what I should do?" And 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 He does God, and He leads in the Holy Spirit. But specifically, if you want to know, like the Scripture tells you, yeah, like it's very clear what what He instructions people to do. Yeah, there was like a, a Babylon Bee article that said that uh, man eagerly prays for God to speak to him while closed Bible sits six inches yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, and 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 we we joke about that. But even as evangelical, you know, reformed guys, there's times where we just like, Lord, I just need encouragement. I just need, I, I just need um, to to feel more joy or feel or deal with a situation or wisdom for a situation at work. And we're we're like doing our our devotions or whatever. But then we go through our day instead of saying, No, like, I, I feel the lack. I feel that the I'm I'm empty. Mm-hmm. Like, go back to the word. Like, yeah, yeah. We go back to the source. Yes, we need to seek the Lord in prayer for those things, but begin with the the Word. Yeah. So, so you're saying that there's other people who who say in our culture, "Thus saith the Lord," and they, they try to speak for Him. And it's people. It's, it can even be small. It can be subtle when it's like extra biblical. Like it's a sin to drink alcohol. Hmm. It's a sin to, to get tattoos. Scripture is very clear that those things are not sins. Now, people, we could have a, a good conversation if do we think it's beneficial? Do we think it, it it's a good thing to do? Um, those are all good conversations to have. 
and but those are separate from scripture. You cannot put on scripture things it does not say. Yeah, that's good. And uh, because you're going down the path of speaking things for the Lord that he clearly did not say. Yeah. So uh, getting back to how Jesus is our greater prophet. Mm -hmm. So we get this from Moses, right, who spoke on behalf of the Lord, who mediated the Mosaic covenant to God's people, Israel, Mm -hmm. and led them out of bondage Mm -hmm. to the promised land. And so we can see the shadows of what's taking place there and how Jesus is the greater prophet in all those ways. Not only does he mediate a covenant, but he mediates a greater covenant, the new covenant. Mm -hmm. Not only does he... um, lead his people from bondage, but he leads them to ultimate freedom, mm-hmm. freedom in Jesus Christ. And so, it, it, like, all these things, well, there's another one there, right? I know where you're at. His prophetic office, da 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 well, teaches the word, da da I know. This, is, this makes for wonderful radio. Tantalizing radio. Scintillizing. Is that the word? T- not tantalizing? No, it's tantalizing. I think uh, I'm thinking of scintillating. Scintillating. Um, What's that mean? <laughs> I, I really don't know, but it sounds, it's, it's a nice word. Um, but no, <laughs> Jesus is the greater of all these things. Mm-hmm. Not only does he speak on behalf of God, but he is God. Mm-hmm. Not only yep. does he hear what God says and, and speak it, yep. but everything that he says is a direct word mm-hmm. from the living God. Yep. And so we see that, that how Moses, who was a prophet, yep. a great prophet, um, but Jesus fulfills this prophetic office to its full. Yeah. So... Uh, um, I would agree with you, for one. I think which is a good thing, but I think it's also yeah, a good thing. Thanks. It just the understanding as you as you parsed out that Jesus is God and he's um, he's mediating in in a this is the tr- the Trinity conversation is always a little difficult, but he's mediating between us and God and God the Father and you know so he it's him, but it's he's also the mediator. It gets a little confusing, but the the truth of it or the, the meat of it is that it's it's God incarnate mediating for us so that we can have a relationship with him, which is the same thing that, that Moses was, was seeking to do, not identically, but a similar thing Moses was doing with his people, um, coming, bringing them before the Lord saying, I'm, I want you to follow after God. I, I want you to understand who God is, and I'm going to proclaim to you um, one prophetically by just declaring the truth, thus saith the Lord. And then two by saying, this is what God's going to do in the future. Um, I have no idea where we're at in our notes, but I just thought it was really important that people understand some similarities there. Yeah, no worries. So, so, and that's the passage I was referring to in John fourteen six when he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." That Jesus is that middle or the mediator. Between between God and man. Yeah, and that's the thing. Whereas Moses... <clears throat> and we'll get more to that when we talk about priest. Yeah, well, well yes, we will. Mm. That's a good point. Good little uh, teaser. Yeah, hang one. in there, people. Hang in there. Um, so, yeah, just as Moses was encouraging his people to turn towards God. Mm-hmm. Turn, 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 <laughs> to... <laughs> okay. To, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this. <laughs> no, to turn, turn. T- towards the Father... <laughs> Um, Jesus does the same thing. He's telling his people, like, hey, look, what you just said, Rick. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. No one comes to the Father but through me. So turn towards the Father. Go towards God. But the only way you're going to be able to adequately do that is through me. And so just as Moses pushed his people to to God, Jesus is doing the same thing as the God-man. What are you looking at? I'm just trying to figure out where we're at. Oh, dude, how about you learn to follow the notes, huh? How about it? 
you know, it's like college all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here we go. We, we've got some some applications here, mm. and, and this is actually also um, straight out of the, the Lexum survey of theology. Thanks to Logos. Thank you, Logos. So theologically, Christ's prophetic office, it has multiple applications, and we're going to go ahead and, and read these. At least I am. Rick, okay. if you want to summarize, you feel free. Mm. Um, but these are these are really good, and then we can riff on them a little bit. So the first one is, as a new Moses, Jesus' prophetic office does more, does more than teach God's law. He will write the law of God on his disciples' hearts by the Holy Spirit. In this way, he will fulfill the words of Isaiah 54, 13, teaching all of his disciples to obey his every command. By consequence, everyone in covenant with Christ will know the Lord in a way that the old covenant Israelites did not. So if you are in Christ, if you are in the new covenant, you have God's law, not just because it's in God's word, but because it has now been written on our hearts and the Holy Spirit bears witness to whether we are following it or whether we are rebelling against it. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one who nudges and prods. And we, by God's grace, not only have it in the word, Mm-hmm. but it's now written on our hearts. And that doesn't mean that you like memorize, you have it all memorized, like a, a spiritual gift that you have the whole entire law or the whole Bible memorized. That's not what it's saying. But it's saying now your heart that was previously rebellious to God, that didn't want anything to do with God, mm-hmm. is now more sensitive towards the things that God loves. It begins to love more so what God loves and hates what God hates. Preach it, brother. Preach. Preach it. Well, I think it's also good to understand, um, as I'm going to kind of jump into the second point here, just um, that how on the cross Jesus reveals the manifold perfection of God. There's a display um, of Christ being um, how to say this the right way. Like, take your time. Mm, well, if you know me, I could. <laughs> it's like playing cards. Um, God's design for his people, his desire, included Christ on the cross and crushing him for sin. Um, and that was a part of his His plan. Christ being there revealed his perfection, that, that he could fully atone for those things. Um, I think it's also really important that as we look at even the, the Old Testament and how the Lord... Um, the old prophets revealed the Lord through different ways. Like, in the same way that he revealed himself to them with the same seriousness and the same importance and the, the same, like, I am the Lord and I desire a relationship with you. I think a lot of people look at the, the Old Testament and they think God's just more of just like a dictator or a, a puppet master. Like, he didn't care about his people Israel. He didn't care about um, the judgment that he brought. It was just a matter of kind of a, a melee and, and getting the right things in the place. But he cared about all those relationships and his prophets and his word going forth. So in the New Testament, um, today, when, when now we have Christ and just as much cares about the relationship with us. So it's important that we don't... We don't um, put more weight on the new covenant, like, okay, now God's serious about relationships more than before hmm. he was not. Um, and now, because we have Christ, and we see the price he paid, and we see his life, we see the per- the perfection of God, whereas in the Old Testament, it was just kind of blurry, and is, is that the same God it is, you know? 
how did that work with prophecy? Was you know there was a different prophecy for them than it was for us. It's like no, God is the same. Old covenant, new covenant, Old Testament covenant, um, new covenant. He's he's the same. His prophecy for his people before was through prophets in different ways, but it was perfected on the cross. Yeah, and that's why I think it's, it's good to pull out. Yeah, and and so. So I was applying that to our life, understanding that there's a consistency with God, that that He did not just show up, you know, two thousand years ago with Christ. Say, okay, we're going to try this again, and we're going to care about these people. Though no, He has been caring, He has been revealing Himself, He has been working since day one, just as diligently and just with the same uh, focus as He does now. Yeah, praise God for that. Praise God for that. If that wasn't the case, then we wouldn't know Him. So. Um, so, third one here is that Jesus as what's up, baby? <laughs> yeah, you want to get on the, the app, Danielle? Nope. Okay. Yep, we're just about done. So, guys, we got to hurry dinner through bell. here. That is the dinner bell. Did she text you? I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah, she did eight minutes ago. Ooh, eight minutes. All right. Well, hey, thanks for checking out Simple Theology. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> no. Um, so, okay. So Jesus as prophet, we said earlier that yeah. he has spoken through his word. Mm-hmm. And we hardly affirm that. However, that would be too strong of a statement if we just left it there. And so, mm-hmm. not only has Jesus spoken, but He continues to speak today. Oh. He, Rick, He continues to call today. Jesus, Jesus is calling. calling. <laughs> but no, let's, let's clarify. So, Revelation For twenty-two, scripture? yeah, Revelation twenty-two seventeen identifies the Spirit and the Bride, the Bride of Christ, being the Church, as inviting others to come to the Lord. Right. Um, but then Ephesians 2.17 explicitly states that Christ is preaching to those far and near. And so, therefore, uh, Jesus' prophetic ministry is not just associated with this earthly life, but it does continue today. However, the clarification that we want to make is the one that you just made, mm-hmm. that it is through the faithful preaching of the word. Preach. It's not new words being made up because somebody had a vision or a dream because right. they ate something funny for dinner and went to bed and had a crazy dream. Can you have spiritual dreams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's got to be tested with scripture. Boom. But a boom. Okay. Yeah. Last thing here. The, we we got it. Babies are melting. So I'm just going to, one more Listeners thing. Listeners are probably so annoyed <laughs> like, that we like we always talk about the babies. Um, so just one thing, because of our union with Christ, all those who are in Christ are also prophets and witnesses to the divine truth. Acts one eight does it, the Holy Spirit will um, give, empower us, and we will go forth declaring what Christ has done. As Peter declares in Acts two, quoting from the words of Joel, "I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy." Again, that's Acts two seventeen. Thus, the office of prophet is not something Jesus keeps to himself, but he also endows, he gives his disciples with the mantle of proclaiming his words. And that was a quote to Joel two seventeen, not Acts two seventeen. Um, so it's just a reminder that that as as believers in Christ, we are now given the authority, and, and not just the authority, but we are given the impetus. We're believers. We go and we declare. It was Acts 2.17. We, we declare what Christ has done um, for us in the truth of the gospel. Yeah, and that's a privilege that we have. It's a privilege, baby. It is. So get out there, guys. Go out there and share this good news. We're going to go get Jesus some Jesus is the greater prophet. But yes, hey, you know what, guys? Thank you. You know what? We do this for Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you guys put up with a lot of crap. I know. Listen to our baby scream and make like, noise and Neville go crazy up there and the whole shebang. It's, so. all, it's all give and a little bit of take. Yeah. Like, um, I, I lost my analogy. Like, we're we're trying to like 
they got the short end of the stick is what I'm saying. Like yeah. we get to sit around and blab and they got to put up with our banter, our yakking about stuff and like babies crying, dogs barking. Yep. Sh- guns shit firing away and whoa. I'm like you curse here everybody. <laughs> well, that's what Rick, happens. Rick's pretty flustered. If, if a gun goes off too close. <laughs> that's that's the result. Yeah. Thanks for sticking in there. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there, guys. Peace out. Peace.